today on Ag News Daily. This is a biofertilizer. It's built off of our Regenifex technology platform, which is a plant-based humus extract. This is a fully renewable uh, product that can uh, replace up to half of infertile starter fertilizers. Hey listeners, welcome back to the Ag News Daily Podcast. Tanner here on a solo edition today for your news and headlines. Coming back from a week off for a family vacation, but here we are, January 16th, 2024, a Tech Tuesday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get you through a couple of headlines and right into that fun conversation that you're looking for. So why not start off with a little bit of tech advancement? If you have popped into a Chipotle in California's Central Valley, there's more than likely a chance that you had consumed food that was grown without fertilizers, or at least without traditional fertilizer. The produce grown in that region is futuristic and is derived entirely of electricity, water, and air. Nitricity, a climate smart fertilizer startup that was founded by Stanford PhDs and postdocs are working on an environmentally friendly way to grow vegetables. They are are right now working on lettuce and spicy red salsa ingredients, and they have bigger plans ahead of them for 2024. They use a sustainable practice that includes liquid fertilizer blends that are derived from taking electricity, interacting with water and air in the area in which they are grown. Chipotle is one of the first companies to drop an investment into their company. At the end of 2023, Nitricity began providing that product to Chipotle in response to that core injection. As they look forward to what they do uh, ahead, they are using a plasma-based process that splits nitrogen molecules in the air and reacts the nitrogen with oxygen to form nitrates in the water. They capture the fixed amount of nitrogen in the the irrigation water that comes through and it has now created nitrate-based fertilizer for the vegetables that they're grown. So quite an interesting technology there, obviously on a small scale, but if this technology continues to be proven at a very uh, expansible method. Uh, that could be something that we would see here affecting most of our food system going forward. Did notice, didn't forget, but wanted to get you into your weather forecast here. Just thought on a Tech Tuesday, it'd be good to hit that headline first right away. And the polar vortex is still very firmly planted across most of middle America. This will create a bridge along the west coast as it pushes east through. Of course, it will hopefully by the end of the week be returned back up into Canada. Obviously, El Nino, it will affect the pattern coming off of the west coast as we look forward in other models. The outlook here is going to continue to be more Arctic air for most of the Midwest. We're still looking at below freezing temperatures for today. Some areas still have dangerously low wind chills, including Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Uh, areas, Oklahoma, Texas saw freezing temperatures yesterday. We're going to be just above freezing today. This is going to have impact on those uh, perennial crops that are not 
good in conditions that are susceptible to freezing. Of course, winter wheat should be all right themselves, depending upon what those areas look like. So again, another day of cold. We do look like there is a potential for a snow system in the Midwest coming at the end of the day, uh, Wednesday into Thursday morning, but we'll keep an eye on that and get that reported to you tomorrow. That snow could be welcomed though in Colorado. Their soil moisture and drought intensity map is continuing to show deeper and darker colors than what farmers would like to see their soil moisture and drought intensity as they prepare the USDA is reporting that their soil moisture may be at the lowest in the last 20 years going into the planting season. However, some productive snowstorms during the second half of December might improve those moisture levels. The latest report shows that are 16% very short, 29% short, and nearly half is adequate. Now that is slightly better than November because of those snowstorms that hit in December, but is still going to create a bit of a headache for those Colorado producers. The winter wheat in Colorado began the new year uh, with a decline in condition coming after the November crop progress report. The crop there is rated 4% very poor, 7% poor, 28% fair, and only 56% good or good to excellent. So a long way ahead there as well. But probably the biggest category of pain for the lack of moisture for producers in Colorado is the livestock producers, especially those who are ranching and need access to the river water but hopefully uh, this will provide better conditions for those pasture grazed animals coming into the spring next year as that snow begins to melt off. From Colorado to Kansas, the Kansas-based SurePoint Ag Systems plans to expand their new facility. SurePoint Ag Systems announced that they are building their new office and production facility that will allow them to expand their capacity. The project will more than double the footprint of their existing facility. Their president and CEO, Josh Walters, stated they're also looking to grow their team of innovative developers, engineers, and technicians. They have the ability to provide unique solutions across the United States and Canada and beyond. They are equally excited about expanding their facility in Atwood to allow SurePoint to continue to grow their engine that drives agriculture forward. The new facility will be located on that same campus that is just four miles north of Atwood, Kansas. The company currently employs 800, or I'm sorry, 100 employees and are expecting this expansion to continue to allow larger options for future employment. The expansion follows the company's joint venture with John Deere, which was announced in March 2022 to use Deere technology to enhance the production of their products. So we'll continue to see this. Groundbreaking is expected to start as things thaw out in the spring of 2024. Heading back out to California, started there with my Tech Tuesday article, and going back out, Farm Credit System in California sets a record for their distribution of patronage. It'll be interesting to see if other farm credit sectors have the same way. Citing higher interest rates and soaring prices of commodities, allowing for larger balances on their books, 
Farm Credit of California has approved a distribution of $19.4 million in cash patronage back to their borrowers. This is a little greater than 1% of the average borrowing of all of their clients. It's not just about where this patronage is coming from, but it also states that the delinquency levels were lower. If delinquency figures are higher, at least in that area, the profitability of the entity farm credit does not allow for that patronage to continue to grow and be served. So it is a positive light there as well. We'll keep an eye out for other farm credits to provide their reports as to what the patronage announcement is going to be, and maybe we'll get a look at their delinquencies. However, local banks in the Midwest are stating that they expect delinquencies to rise in 2024 due to compressing margins on agricultural products. So we'll continue to keep an eye on those reports. That one more than likely will come out of Purdue. The Iowa caucus wrapped up last night. It was a historic one, none to say the least. In less than 30 minutes, the decision was a uh, Donald Trump as the Iowa nominee for Republican candidate. The Trump campaign demonstrated that the Republican Party in Iowa shows large support for them. The president, the former president, won the Iowa Republican caucuses in an unprecedented margin, kickstarting his bid on his campaign to be the next president of the United States. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis edged out former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley for a distant second place finish. As the candidates continued to look forward, they are now looking towards New Hampshire, where polls say that Nikki Haley may flip-flop that position with Ron DeSantis. As we look towards what this could do for the candidacy going forward, uh, certainly sent a strong message, but there is going to be a lot of contention for this margin of victory if it is still a three-person race and what other states do following this instance. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. My last headlines for today as we look to wrap this up is just an update coming from Israel and the Gaza region. They have brought famine on that area. The UN Relief Council states that there is a great majority of 400,000 Gazans that are at risk of starvation due to this war. They are looking at continuing to hit psychological torment levels as Israel accused Hamas of uh, continuing to detain people in the region and holding them as captives. Twin vehicle ramming attacks in central Israeli cities of Ramana killed one person and injured 17 more. Meanwhile, the Houthi anti-ship ballistic missile struck the U.S. cargo ship. The U.S. Central Command stated that Iran claimed it destroyed an Israeli spy base in strikes on northern Iraq. So we'll continue to keep an eye on progressions there. But let's pause here for a second to get our markets for the day. As we look into March corn in the overnight, down two cents should open at 4.45. March soybeans up nine cents in the overnight. They will open at 12.33 and a quarter. Wheat in the overnight 
little up one and a half will open at 597 and a half as we continue to take a look there live cattle fairly flat in the overnight the february contract down just four cents will open 171 and three quarters fed cattle up just three pennies in the overnight opening at 226 and a half for the january contract there it's time for our tech tuesday conversation this week so let's jump into that do you want to optimize the amount of plant nutrition provided by the microbes in your soil? Source it. Want to replace 25 pounds of nitrogen and phosphorus per acre? Source it. Looking for a more cost-effective way to unlock your crop's potential and increase ROI? Source it. Easy to handle, apply, and store. To make your fertilizer plan more efficient, source it. Learn more at sound.ag. Our Tech Tuesday interview today is with Mick Messman, President and CEO of DPH Biologicals. Welcome to the podcast, Mick. Thank you, Tanner. It's great to be here. Hey, I appreciate that. A little chilly here. You're in a warmer climate, but let's first start out and uh, tell us a little bit about how you journeyed into that position as President and CEO. Yeah, well, my uh, my journey started on a farm in Nebraska, so um, I can appreciate dealing with chores in this type of cold weather. Um, and I started my career with Syngenta. So I spent about 13 years with Syngenta. And then I spent about nine years with DuPont Pioneer, which became Corteva. And during that time, um, spent a good portion of both of those um, assignments focusing on new markets, new product launches, specifically seed care at the time, and then started transitioning into co-developing some biologicals. So Tanner, along that way, um, I became very interested in what biologicals can do to help uh, farmers in the central Corn Belt and throughout the country, um, became intrigued by many of the smaller companies in the space, and ultimately um, felt like there was a need for a focused effort around product development and commercialization in the biological space. So about five years ago, I transitioned out of the big company um, and into the smaller uh, biological space and joined uh, Douglas Plant Health about two and a half years ago when we rebranded to DPH Biologicals in November of 2021. That is great. So now reintroduce our listeners to DPH Biologicals. Tell us a little bit about what that company has been up to. Well, DPH Biologicals um, is a company focused on uh, developing, advancing, and commercializing biological technologies for agriculture. And over the past two and a half years, we've brought together a new team. Uh, we've spent a significant amount of resources on product development, better understanding how our products work, and ultimately putting in our uh, putting DPH Biologicals and our retail partners in a better position to recommend biological solutions for farmers that consistently perform. And so we've advanced not only our portfolio, we've advanced um, the areas that are treated with our products. Uh, we put together a science and technology team. We put together a commercial team um, and we have great momentum and are excited about our opportunity to serve the channel uh, in this growing season and moving forward. And I think that momentum is something that we're here to talk about today because you guys have some news that you're ready to share with our listeners. Could you enlighten us? Yeah, well, thank you, Tanner. So late last year, um, well, actually on December 31st, we closed an ownership transition for DPH Biologicals. So DPH Biologicals is now 
largely um, operator owned. And so we're excited about what that means. Um, it means that we're able to really focus our decision making on agriculture, on production agriculture, the farmer and our retail partners. That is great. So let's talk about where you think 2024 is going to be headed. What are some of the major focuses that you're looking at? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Tanner, DPH Bio has invested heavily in product development and understanding how our products work in newer areas. So we are expanding uh, throughout the Corn Belt. Uh, DPH Bio has now hired territory managers and we have uh, good coverage across all the major corn and soybean growing states. And that allows us to work more closely with our retail partners and advance the use of our key products like Teratrove SP1 Classic and Companion Max ST. So when you talk about those key products that you're offering, what are some of the achievements that producers can see when using those? Well, I'll start with uh, Teratrove SP1 Classic as an example. This is a biofertilizer. It's built off of our Regenifex technology platform, which is a plant-based humus extract. This is a fully renewable uh, product that can uh, replace up to half of infro starter fertilizer. So we've seen uh, growers beginning to reduce their infro rates of products like 1034-0 and replace it with a like amount of Teratrobe SP1 Classic, gives them a more sustainable solution and the benefits of biology in terms of soil tilth and ultimately yield. Well, and that's something that I think a lot of our listeners could find some benefits in. As your team prepares for what's down the road, can you share maybe some insights as to what the focuses are for new research, for maybe new product development? Yeah, at DPH Biological, first and foremost, we uh, take the approach of bringing products to the market that fit farmers and how they want to farm. So, for example, we invest heavily to ensure that uh, BPH bioproducts are compatible with fertilizer or herbicides or insecticides, that they don't require special um, storage requirements, that they have two years of, of shelf life and other kind of key characteristics so that they can fit the production uh, farmer in the way that they want to farm. So having said that, we're excited about the pipeline. We've got um, a couple of different categories that DPH Bio is focused on. One is biocontrols. And so we have uh, products in the pipeline that are effective against sudden death syndrome, which is a leading problem awesome. that soybean farmers are looking to solve, as well as nematode activity. So uh, that's a, an example, Tanner, of a couple of biocontrol products uh, that we're looking forward to launching in 2024. Well, I appreciate you sharing that insight. It's always fun on these Tech Tuesday interviews to get some insight as to what is going to be helping producers in the future. But if our listeners are curious more about what we talked about today or in the products themselves, what's the best way for them to look you guys up? Well, they can find us at dphbio.com. Of course, uh, some of our channel partners have relationships with our sales reps, so they can also reach out to their territory manager in addition to our website of dphbio.com. Awesome. Well, Mick, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we let you go? Well, Tanner, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Again, DPH Biologicals is focused on developing, advancing, and commercializing biologicals that perform consistently. We're very excited about the progress that DPH Bio has made and the fact that 
Our ownership is directly aligned with agriculture, and we look forward to continuing to add value with our retail distributor and farmer partners. That is exciting, and we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. Well, thanks, listeners, for hanging out with me by myself today. We will be back with another great show tomorrow. But until then, I think it's time to let you go.